Kavaisa, a little bit mechavel sezayin, a little bit to connect parshas matas masai, the sikum of seifel bamidbo, a little bit to understand what is going on in these parshias and what is their connection to Moshe Rabbeinu. Both of these parshas seem to have a specific connection to Klal Yisrael in, a, in more of a global way. So let's first focus on ma, on, ma, on Matis, then we'll go to Masai. Parshas Matis, the whole name of the Parsha is strange. The name of the Parsha is Matis. Roshe Matis comes from the leaders of the tribes, the leaders of the Yishvotim. Why do we call this Parsha? The Parsha has to do with the Roshe Matis. So it's true that the parasha at least starts off with the union of Nidorim. Very often that becomes the signature of the parasha, the first inyonim of the parasha. So the parasha starts with inyonim and Nidorim. And Nidorim, we know, the Chachomim, they have a shaykhis to the Nidorim as far as being mater neder. Chachomim have a shaykhis to being mater neder. Which that also will touch on Amir Tzashem. The uniqueness of Nidor. So Al Koponim, the Torah says, Roshe Amatas Lovnei Yisrael. So it's almost like the, the Roshe Amatas are the Kandu with the Pashas Nidorim. And one of the explanations is because they are the ones that have sort of a bias. They almost have like this type of ownership to the Nedel, that they have the ability. To be matter than it. It's a unique ability that Chazal were given to be matter than it. Still difficult because of that side note that the whole Indian should be called matters. Al-Troshia matters, and that's a, really a side, side issue. At the same time, you have to know, Taka, why did the Torah give the Nidorim over to the Chachamim. That the Chacham could be oiker the Nedah, the Chacham can uproot the Nedah. Why? If Nidorim is such a Dovah Chomer, as Chazal tell us, tremendous Einshim for Nidorim, Avoyin Nidorim. So why would the Torah take such a Chomer Indian? And why would the Torah go and give this over that the Chacham could go and get rid of the Nedah? What's the Pshat in that? Additionally, and this really to me stands out, stands out the most, is that Pashas Nedorim, it says, So Chazal tell us, what's the Zeh is always a lotion of clarity. So Chazal says, The lotion has a, this precise lotion. In this exact outline, with this clarity. And this is limiting it to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Medrash goes on to say in the Sifra that Moshe Rabbeinu is different than the other Nevi'im. That all the other Nevi'im said in the Vua Beloshim, Koyamar Hashem. This is, this is how Hashem said. Koy is like a Loshim of like, like this. Like it's almost a, an analogy. It's like this. 
Meaning the other Nevi'im, they didn't have the clarity. They saw it more in fog. In a Chaloim, Chazal said, like a dream. But Mare, some kind of a vision. They didn't have the clarity. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Spakari Amiri. He had the clarity. Like looking through a clear glass, seeing everything with purity. So here in the Parshas Nadorim, the Torah tells us this about Moshe Rabbeinu. Very, very strange. That from all the areas of the Torah, that the Torah could tell us this point about Moshe Rabbeinu, it picked Parshas Nadorim to tell us this unique element of Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoi. Clearly, there's something here. Why this was the Parsha to say this. Okay. Going to Parsha's Masai. It'll be aimed on what I would call one of the most dominant difficulties about Parsha's Masai. And that is the whole importance to this whole Parsha. By Every giving us every single back and forth where they went, where they camped, where they traveled, they went back and forth. Why is it necessary, Bechal? Even if we could somehow understand why it was necessary, the Torah goes out of its way to attribute this, the recording not the traveling, the recording of the traveling, we say that it was done, that was Pukar al-Yad Moshe. Moshe is the one, he's the one that took care of this. He oversaw this. Why in the world? This is like a secretarial job to put together a list of where they traveled and where they came. Very difficult. Another interesting point which is raised by the Gedolei Achroinim is that the Torah describes where they traveled and where they stopped. And there was more time spent stopping than traveling. So why does it call the whole thing Masei B'nei Yisrael? It's Masei V'chaniyas B'nei Yisrael. But it calls everything Masa B'nei Yisrael. Right? It's the Parshas Masai. It's the Parsha of traveling. It wasn't traveling. Traveling was just one piece of it. Another question raised by the Malbim. Why does it say, Meaning, all the travelings that they did from the desert, in the desert, was no longer They had a lot of back and forth. They had times where they were coming backwards. Pinu Sulochem. HaKadosh Baruch told us to go in this direction, to go in that direction. So it wasn't that we were constantly going away. We originally left Mitzrayim. You could call that first move that we took, that we were Yotzumer Mitzrayim. But why is the Torah calling the ongoing 40-year travel actually Yotzumer Mitzrayim? This is the Malbim's Nakuda. Lastly, and really, this captures all of the questions that we're raising, Lagabi Masai, is that in case you still want to question the significance of all of this traveling, so you look in Ilkha Seyfetea, and they brought down over there in Shulchan Aruch in the Yeredeh, in the tour, how many lines 
Every single column in the Sefer Torah has to have every omut. And there's an amount that you're supposed to put. It's a question of 42, between 42 and 60. So there's a precise number of lines that you're supposed to have, a minimum, a maximum. The Drisha on the tour comes and he explains what's the origin of this. And actually the origin is parallel to the travelings and the Chaniyas of the Bnei Yisrael and the Midbar. Which ones you count, which ones you don't count, it's a whole complicated calculation. But the bottom line is that the structure of the column of the Sefer Torah mirrors the traveling of the Bnei Yisrael. Which is really astounding. It's really a Dovon Nifle. Dovon Nifle Mo'ed. So, La'aloche, obviously, we don't focus on the idea that it's connected to Masoys. But I'm just saying, the bottom line is that the Drisha says this is connected to that. So again, this just really underscores the importance of these Masoys. So I think really in a, a simple idea to connect both Pashas. And important as we go now into the final phase of being Misabal, going into Chodesh Av, you started Chodesh Av today, Misabal in Yerushalayim. I always say every year it's hard to be Misabal on Yerushalayim. You don't know, you never experienced. It's hard to be Misabal on something you never had. So it's almost a concept. You're being Misabal on a concept. But I think this Nakud that I'm bringing out here will be something we can focus on. And maybe to act as a schus. The emphasis is that the Maril Diskin, Rabbi Shuleib Diskin, describes Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah as being a Nevuah that he saw clearly without any obstruction was because he had a clear vision. He looked at things from a certain point of clarity. The Magaldiskin makes an analogy. He says if somebody would put on a pair of heavy, dark green glasses, sunglasses, the whole world is going to look green or purple because, the, because that's how you're looking. You're looking through those glasses. So every person, the Magaldiskin, says they have their perceptions they have their nigiyas. And in the middle, they have the way they see something. So Moshe Rabbeinu, he was Zeich, he had this clarity of vision, that's why it's called Aspakali Amira, like looking through a clear glass. It's almost when he looked at a Nevoah, there was nothing he was seeing other than the Nevoah itself. And that contributed to the clarity of Moshe Rabbeinu. I often, I often, after I saw this Maril, I often go back to how Chazal described Moshe Rabbeinu. He's like a Malach, like him. That Moshe Rabbeinu, in a sense, he he never looked at it from his own Nagiya. Always looking at it from in a heavenly way. It's almost impossible. It's almost it's almost subhuman to look at things that way. That was the Koyach of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it could be 
that that's why when we learned Barichas about the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu and the Torah talks about it in detail by Nevuas when Miriam spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu and it makes the difference between Nevuas Moshe and Nevuas Sharon Avim the famous Pesach the Torah says Vohish Moshe Onav Moed right before HaKadosh Baruch Hu unveils Moshe's greatness that Moshe had a different type in the Vua than anybody else Loichin Avdi Moshe Kodesh Baruch Hu describes Moshe as a different type of Novi than any Novi that we ever had. Right? So it says, Aish Moshe, of It's like strange. What's that doing there? But really, according to the Maril, one can say that it was Moshe's Anivas. Kaiv is when you're focused on yourself. Okay, so therefore it was Moshe's Anivas that contributed to his ability to be the Pel Pe'adabel boy. To have that clarity that Moshe had, his, his lack of self is what contributed to that tremendous clarity. And the truth is that every time a person sees something, and has their opinion and has their view, it's always a little bit false. As much as we try to look at ourselves as straightforward, honest people, it's true. It's a strive that any good human being has is to try to be straight and look at things from that perspective. But a person is so complex with all of their nagia, all of the things that matter to them, they're important to them, their life and their the way they want things to be, that that all becomes part of the challenge of what you see. And you see it from that perspective. So in a sense, Moshe represents the ultimate truth, the unadulterated truth, without an agir. What we say about Moshe is Moshe's emes, it's not two separate things. It's Moshe's truthfulness that contributed to Teirosayamas. It was all one thing. It's one idea. Kem and Zogin, now we can understand that Nedorim is the basis of honesty, of clinging stubbornly to the truth. And therefore, Nedorim is a foundation really to the entire Torah. Because if you're not truthful with yourself, if you're not true to your own life, then the whole Torah becomes chas v'sholem So Nidorim is foundational. It's foundational that the leaders are the ones who have to embed and, 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 and implement in the Klal Yisrael that this should be the foundation of who we are. And that's why it's Rosh Hamatis. And in that same vein, truth is always a complicated word. We have to go back to the Torah for truth. Not what you hold is the truth. So it's Rosh Hamatis, Levnei Yisrael. The Torah has to tell us what's the truth. Otherwise, what you think is true is not true. It's not a true perspective. 
And Memele, here is where the Torah unveils Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness of Nevuah. Kol HaLevim, Nesnabu B'Koyu Moshe, Nesnabu B'Zeh. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, he was the one who saw, because he was the one that was truthful. He was the one that rose above all of the Nagiyah. And that's why he was able to be who he was. And the male, this is where the Torah tells us the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu. When Klaisol traveled, and, and Pasha's Masai is trying to capture the 40 years that we spent in the Midbar, there were two ways to look at that. One way is the false way. The false way to look at it is, listen, we're traveling through the Midbar, it became a big schlep. supposed to be a short period of time. But Zechoyski schlepped. We slept through. But the other way to look at it is that the emissaries, every place that we went, we had to go. And every place that we went was a tikkun. And after the chet of the eagle and the maraglim and all the other averas that Klayasol did, it became clear that we needed certain tikkunim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said we need certain tikkunim. We had to do certain tikkunim in the desert, in the Midbar, in order to be able to go to Eretz Yisrael. So we weren't lost in the desert. We were accomplishing. If you look at it from the true perspective, from the Aspakal Yamire, then each encampment, each travel was for a purpose. And that's why every travel is called a Masa. And this already I've seen in some of the Parshonim, that even the Yachanu, even when we were in place for a week or two, or longer, some of them were long, we were absorbing what we had to absorb at the time. We were fixing what we had to fix. So we were on a trajectory of movement even when we were camping, we were moving. And that's why it's all called Masay B'nai Israel. And it was all perfecting us from where we were in Mitzrayim. From the level of Memte Sharitum, that's why I show Mitzrayim. And this, in order to see it from this perspective, you have to look at it from the truth. Because if you don't look at it from the truth, you don't come with that conclusion. You just say the 40-year experience in the Midbar was a tragedy. It was fablonjit. We ended up getting stuck there. It didn't work out. This you need, Ashapukar al-Pi Hashem, Biyad Moshe. This had to be done with the Rabbani Shalom and Moshe Rabbeinu to give us that perspective. And therefore, as we go, as we enter these days, we have to know that the Yikel in a chanami, this haloch is put on a shulchanoruch, and minig ashkenaz not to eat meat, and not to take showers or hot showers, depending on your exact orientation. But the main thing is that it should be masa b'nei Yisrael, that we should spend this time of thinking, of internalizing ways that we can improve ourselves, and to be worthy, that it should be masa b'nei Yisrael, sheyotzumayotz mitzchayim, and through our actions, and through Klal Yisrael's actions of Tikkun, we should be Zeichem 
to talk a land by the base of Migdosh with the Gulish Lehman.